0: Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And Ashley. And today we are joined by some extra special guests. Once again, we have August, Beth, and KJ. Everyone say hello. Hello. (laughs) Hi. Everyone knows who you guys are at this point. If anyone's confused, please go through any of our back catalogue to find all of these wonderful people.
1: (laughs) So I feel like I've been here more than I've been on my own podcast lately. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, you guys are like official,
0: unofficial co-hosts. So do you
2: think they've been here often enough to claim like squatters (laughs) rights? Probably. Yes. (laughs) I feel like I don't want to say I don't anymore. like there's a difference between like a guest host and like when any of you are on our show, because... uh... Guest feels it's like different. not significant enough. <laughs> how often you're there? It's like a sibling
1: coming to visit. It's like yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you all know who they are. They just yeah, come exactly. in, eat your food. Well, it's like you know yeah, when you go to, to visit your parents, like yeah, you don't live there anymore, but like you did live there, so like it's kind huh? of your house. Yeah. It's actually not your house. <laughs> you can just it's act fine. kind of like it is.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You guys, this like (laughs) Mikasa Sukasa, but make it
2: podcasts.
0: (laughs) Okay, and today we are all here to try and narrow down our top five favorite episodes of Kripke Era. Same as all of our other bonus episodes, we're going to do a bit of a round robin. We're going to all go through and go from five to one, our favorites individually. And then at the end, we're going to do a Franken list. Based on discussion that we've had, we are preemptively going to say that our Franken list will be a top 10, not a top five, because (laughs) we all have too many episodes. I personally have 22, so I have a whole season's worth of worst episodes.
2: (laughs) I have 15. Mm. So
0: we're going to have a bit of a, a bit of a looser Franken list, kind of like we did with our worst episodes in the end as well. Yeah cool beans okay in that case jamie am i starting us off fuck what's your number five okay
3: so this one is going to be a spicy hot take i, I do <laughs> not think it is going to make anybody else's top five but i do remember really enjoying this and i want to defend this episode to the death so it is in fact monster
1: movie i i know kj doesn't
3: like it um I love the fact that they chose a bit. They committed to it. They did the entire episode in that style, which is something that I don't think Supernatural does often enough. I also just remember that episode's a vibe. It also has a character named Jamie, so it gets bonus points from me. (laughs) But, like, I, it's just very fun. Like, there's nothing very deep about it. And that's fine. It's a fun episode.
0: It's so funny that you say that because I remember the first time I watched the show through thinking that sh- that episode fucking sucked. I did not like it at all. I was so bored the whole time. But then on rewatch, I did like it.
2: <laughs> I liked it better on rewatch. I still think it's a, a insane to put it on your top five. On the top but, five? Yeah, that's but, ins- that's but, insanity. <laughs> but that being said, I do remember I did like it a whole lot better when we covered it yeah. for the pod. Yeah, and I want to make things here, like, play. I
3: don't know if it's actually necessarily in my top five episodes, but, like, I just think it needs to be represented here because I think it gets a bad rap. I think it's very underrated. So I'm like, I am, like, I'm going to go to bat for it, you know? <laughs> okay.
0: Respectively. It's like a political that, thing. But... <laughs> and oh. you're entitled to your
1: opinion. Yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> Uh Well, you know, that's not in my top five because <laughs> it was on my top five four. <laughs> my top five is the end number five yeah. i think it's a, just an incredible episode of television it's really just like what could be but isn't time travel if you think about it too much gives you a headache stoner cat like the first time we've seen chuck in a while Rhonda hurley
4: oh, Rhonda Hur- cow- hurley oh, our girl best
1: favorite female <laughs> character <for> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> just all good things really no fair enough Definitely a very solid
4: episode. Beth, what was your number five? My number five, I put Ghost Facers because Mm -hmm. I just love the Ghost Facers effect. I feel like I can talk about it all the time. I rewatch it often. Also, I needed to balance out like my season four and five favorite episodes. I needed to (laughs) put some diversity into that.
2: (laughs) It's funny. I'm looking at my list right now, Beth, and I'm like, I didn't do that. (laughs) I don't balance out my favorite seasons very well. I struggled so much with my number five pick. I have two episodes I wanted to put there and I can't pick.
3: Why don't you say both of them?
2: And then you can
3: explain your eye arguments for they're, both and then we can decide what your number five is. We they're both, group. yeah.
2: They're both season finales. So that actually mm-hmm. is as an ill spicy part of us. And that is All Hill Breaks Loose and Swan Song. Mm-hmm.
0: I assume <laughs> All Hill Breaks Loose part two.
2: Yes, but I kind of, I don't know. I kind of almost treat them, like, as one episode yeah, when I that's think about fun. them. Yeah. So if I have to pick, then yes, part two. But, like, generally, I think both of the episodes are, like, very... They're just they're special they're both like Mm. they have so much rich character stuff with swan song it has like this the free will family like big working themes of the show which is why it is always on like my short list for like favorite episodes i think swan song is like just very well crafted as a like thesis of what the show is trying to be and then all hell breaks loose i just i feel like i think about the first time i watched it like binging through the first couple of seasons and hitting that point and like The Sam dying reveal, the Mm Dean selling his soul, like all of the ways that season two just kind of like whooshes to this climax of like, oh, we know about demon deals. Oh, oh shit, that's what he's gonna do. Oh shit, oh shit. Like it's just the demon blood
0: reveal with the mm -hmm. Zazel and like seeing Mary and the flashback. Yeah. It's
2: so compelling. And I can and I and it's one of the episodes that when I go back and watch it. I can feel again a little bit of the like how I felt the very first time that I watched it. Um, as I just described those two, I feel like All Hell Breaks Loose might be higher. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's honestly where my vote would go. I think yeah. that All Hell Breaks Loose but if you're just looking at season finales, I think all hell breaks loose is high up there mm-hmm. in terms of at least specifically within creepy era
2: yeah
1: i will say that swan song is like just shy of being on my top five list and all yeah. hell breaks loose is on the top five list. <laughs> yeah okay fascinating so. okay cool cool i'm happy with that being my number five then cool <laughs> my number
0: five is 310 dream a little dream of me mm-hmm. Exclusively because, and I really struggled with this list. Like I said before we started recording, like I know that I created and assigned the assignment, but I hate myself for it because it's been so difficult. I put Dream a Little Dream of Me as number five because number one, when I rewatched it for the pod, I remember just half of my notes are like, oh, this will be relevant later. Oh, this will be relevant later. You know, it's all of this foreshadowing that's baked in there. And it's so interesting watching it back But also the monologue where Dean confronts himself as a demon and he has that piece about John and, you know, my father was an obsessed bastard and the behind the scenes factor of like, they were supposed to have Jeffrey Dean Morgan there and it was supposed to be Dean confronting John, but then they couldn't make the schedules work. So they were like, well, what else can we do? Oh, I know, you know, and like the way that that piece of the show comes together like, it's so significant to me. And I always call back to it. And I'm like, I don't think I can leave it out of my top five, but in saying that, it is really just that scene that makes it to the top five. Not even the final episode, just that one scene. <laughs> so that's enough. That sequence, that is, it resonates so strongly with me mm-hmm. and I think is so integral to not only the way that I interpret Dean as a character, but I think also the way that Sam interprets Dean as a person. Like, because that's when he sees the Lisa, like, dream. And I think that that really heavily informs the end of season five. And, like, there is so much in that episode that becomes so relevant I think it would be remiss of me to not have it on my top five. Okay, my number four is Changing Channels. Now, this one's
3: that one that I picked all about vibes. It's such a fun episode. Like I was vibing. It's very funny. It's like their comedy, weird, wacky episode of the season. This is actually one where I really debated whether I was going to put on Changing Channels or Mystery Spot. I did decide that Changing Channels wins out over Mystery Spot just because we get like the trickster is an angel reveal, which is really fun. And actually one of the better foreshadowed reveals of the Kripke era, I would argue, like, I know that I had a running joke, you know, like the trickster is an angel, (laughs) but like legitimately they gave the angels the same M.O. They were lighting them the same way. They did all of these really subtle cues leading up to this reveal That just mean that when they made the reveal, it didn't feel like a uh, uh, plot twist thing. It just felt like, oh, my God, they have actually been building this up. This actually makes legitimately a lot of sense. Also, I just think the visual of Jared Pedalecki trying to ride that fucking tiny little bicycle
1: (laughs) is so funny. (laughs) Yeah, no arguments on that. Number four I'm kinda stuck on. It I have two episodes, but like it's really just because like they should be a part one and a part two and they're just kinda not. It's the last two episodes of season four, um, Lucifer Rising and When the Levy Breaks, and like mm-hmm. I have a hard time separating them into two separate episodes <laughs> to say which one I like better. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think like the Samness of, of like <laughs> when the levee breaks, like with Sam in the panic room, and like little Sam, and like the hallucinating, so good. But then you know, on the other hand, there's Steve and Cass in the beautiful room, and maybe maybe it is when the levee breaks. Like it's the build up, like
2: <laughs> I feel yeah. like when the levee breaks is the stronger mm-hmm. episode of those.
1: I think The thing that like gets me about Lucifer Rising though is like mostly just Genevieve Padalecki's performance. Oh yeah, yeah. that Ruby monologue oh, is yeah. stellar.
3: <laughs> I've also decided executive decision for the Franken Any ones that are like part two, part one, like even if you were to do like the mid season four double parter, that is one episode. We're treating it
0: as one episode. Executive decision from <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> it's my <Okay>. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Beth, what was your number four?
4: Season five, episode 18, point of no return. I can't even really, t- I just like that episode a lot. I think that like the struggle we see Dean go through is done really well. The dusty yell of it all, love it.
2: I have season five, episode four, the end in my number four spot. It's just in terms of like fandom and fan experience, it's such a core piece of fandom. And I think the like exploration of like alternate timelines, question mark, slash going to the future. I like you get Zachariah, like manipulating time. I think the performances of all three are so good, particularly like and Jensen's performance particularly is like stellar playing these two versions of Dean. And it's just like Misha. And Misha's as well. And 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 honestly, like Jared's is
1: not terrible like jared lucifer is still like it's one of the most compelling i would love to know what order they filmed in in season five like if if they'd shot any mark pellegrino lucifer stuff before like how much does does jared know about like what this character is supposed to be
0: (laughs) the one thing that really does get me about that scene is just the pronunciation of one word he says all like all of the details right but he says details and I'm like that's not a word And it's so annoying it like it just yeah. hits something it in my brain and it pisses me off every time I'm like details <laughs> is not I... that's not
2: <laughs> yeah, these are not reasons I love this episode this episode is in my number spot because uh, mostly actually because of like Jensen and Misha and the like implications of their relationship based on that episode the implications for the actual canon show like what's happening in the crime timeline as you are. I think it just like reveals so much about them and what who they are and what they are to each other and it's still so early mm-hmm. in the show like also I think it, this one benefits so much based on where it's placed in the season like anyway I love this one and it was like always going to be on my top five but yeah
1: there's a lot of episodes of Supernatural that have fanfic written about them. There's not a lot that have million word fanfics written about them. <laughs> like
2: <laughs> That's
0: true. I, I do love the end. It, spoiler alert, like it, it didn't quite make my list, but I do love that episode. And one of the things that I love about it, actually, that I didn't really realize until I was rewatching season five as a, as a whole, was that by the time you're getting to like 521, you're like, oh, I can see how this could diverge into the end. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's fascinating because there's a lot of debate in fandom about whether or not the end was actually a real possibility or if it was something that Zachariah tailored to like specifically scare Dean into saying yes. And I think that honestly, either reading is totally valid because because Mm -hmm. of the way that the rest of the season is designed, like it really is up for personal debate and to like, you know, for the audience, I think, to decide what their opinion on that is and where it sits. And I Which think that, that like it adds so something good. to it as well. Mm. Yeah.
2: It, it, it adds to like, there's so many interpretive things, fun interpretive things you can do with that mm-hmm. episode's existence.
0: And like KJ mentioned, like fan figure stuff. It is such a fun sandbox, I think. Mm-hmm. And it gives us such a fun look at our characters in a different light. Like no one would have picked Cass. To be like that, <laughs> you know, no, until we guess- get that episode, and then you look at it and you're like, oh, actually, that makes a lot of sense, you know. And by the time you're heading the end of season five, you're like, oh, I see how you know the the dominoes fall in that direction. My number four, and I did have a lot of trouble with my two, three, four selections, and I'm honestly still kind of backing and forthing, but I think my number four is going to be free to be you and me because, like, it's the Destiel first date, isn't it? Like, I can't. <laughs> I love this episode so much. August, you were just saying, like the ends, like it's so early on in their relationship and stuff. And I think that having Free to Be You and Me as the episode before that is just so key and foundational. And like the whole bit about like at the end of the end, when Dean's like, don't ever change, like that is based in not only the fourth episode, but also the third. And I just, I don't know, it's one of those ones that I come back to a lot. And I think is just very fun. And I enjoy, even though I always forget what Sam's doing. And when, you know when i come back to it i'm always like oh yeah like you know and it's like a fun surprise like oh yeah sam's doing this <laughs> okie dokies.
3: my number three was ghost faces so this was actually the last minute swap over that i did i forgot how much i enjoyed this episode like it's just such a fun episode it's such a vibe you've got like baby ted from schitt's creek which is just always fun uh-huh. to see an actor that you recognize from something else it also introduces the fascinating concept of the ghost faces effect, mm-hmm. which is just so good. I also love Ed and Harry and the fact that they really seem to escape that thing that all human characters eventually do, where it's like, mm, well, they hated the Winchesters at first, but now they love them because they save them and blah, 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 blah. Like, I love the fact that, like, Ed and Harry seem to be the exceptions to the rule. Like, <laughs> yeah, they still hate them. They're still like these fucking dickheads, which is like <laughs>
2: genuinely speaking sometimes the brothers are just dicks (laughs) oh more
1: than sometimes quite often especially to like random people true (laughs) KJ, what was your number
0: three
1: my number three is the monster at the end of this book i just really enjoyed that episode um i really like the like storytelling that happens throughout the episode i like the style of the episode i enjoy the dusty illness of the episode And you know, I like when Sam's making questionable decisions. It's really got (laughs) all the things that I enjoy.
4: (laughs) My number three, I kind of went back and forth. And one of them was the end. And so since we've talked about that a lot, I'm going to choose the other one. My Bloody Valentine, which is episode 14 of season five, which it could purely be that it's up in my mind because I just did that episode with y'all. But like when I rewatched it, I had a good time. I don't love the gore of it, but everything else I thought was really good. I think it's a solid episode. I will never not laugh at when Dean and Cass are having a like conversation <laughs> fighting and Sam is having a mental breakdown in the corner like so just funny. losing his shit and they don't notice poor Sam it's just cute. <laughs> August?
2: My number three have already been talked about but I am gonna keep it at my number three because so I have have a couple of my next it's- ones so my number three is free to be with me. The Dusty, L of it all like I just I loved this episode before this current podcast watch, but I like fucking adore it. It's so fun. It's so rich. And I think also like the symmetry for me of having uh, freedom, you and me and the end as my number three and four picks. Like I think part of Mm -hmm. why I love both of them is the way they interact with each other and like how their relationship develops over those. I also have a lot of headcanon, you know, there's a lot of missing space in this episode in Free to Be You and Me. There's a lot of like opportunity for Dean and Cass to have things happen off screen. Fan fiction gaps. Yeah, there's the fan fiction gaps. And I like to fill those gaps with many theories. And <laughs> it's just a good episode for that. It's the mm-hmm. episode where I see Destiel really like solidifying in a way it was getting close to by the end of season four. Mm-hmm. But like, it's where it, it, like, I, there's no turning back.
4: In our I relationship agree.
2: after that point. And I think that is it's so well done. And the Sam stuff is really interesting. I like a good Sam arc happening simultaneously mm-hmm. to Dean's arc and Cass's arc. Um, and they balance it pretty well. It's often I find that like if the Sam arc is like not very interesting and the Dean and Cass arc is interesting, I just won't remember the Sam arc. And they fall into that plot line plot a lot. Whereas this episode I feel like Sam's I'm also interested in.
0: My number three is It's a Terrible Life, and my reasoning for this is because I think it's just such a fun episode. I love to see Zachariah. uh, I love to see him fucking with Sam and Dean. I think that there is a lot of really interesting stuff to say about Sam and Dean's characters based in this episode. I think that it's really fun to see essentially Zachariah writing fan fiction, um, you know, (laughs) and it's fascinating. And then I think that a lot of the choices in the way that they use costuming and set deck and lighting and all of this stuff I think was just so well utilized in this episode like that very end moment where like the saturation changes as you get the Zachariah reveal and like you know all these bits and pieces it's just such a fun episode but I think also a very well constructed piece of media
2: it's a bit quite a bit lower on my list but it's one I'm really glad you brought up because I wanted I I think it deserves to be there also I'm noticing on all of our lists Lot of episodes that include, you know, alternate universes, pocket dimensions, fan fiction like, very like Mm -hmm. fan fiction resplendent sort of like concepts Mm -hmm. like, everything from mystery spot to like ghost facers to changing channels to it's terrible to episodes with
3: concepts that are really interesting and a really good jumping off point for fan
0: works, yeah. And I I
2: think. Supernatural, like, that's one of its strengths. And Mm -hmm. to see that show up so early in so many episodes in the first five seasons Mm -hmm. is cool. Supernatural
0: really hits its stride when it goes Mm metatextual. And I think that that is, like, I don't think that's a spicy take. I think that that's (laughs) pretty well Mm -hmm. accepted.
2: And clearly shows up in a lot of our favorite episodes. Mm -hmm. Like, I would say most, the majority of our favorite episodes have some metatextual layers. Locations.
3: Okay, my number two pick was Bad Day at Black Rock. I really enjoyed this episode. I remember watching it think thinking it was so fun. The way it's constructed as an episode is just so, like it's really cleverly done. It was the first time I was like, oh, the writers are actually like kind of taking this seriously. Like they actually give a <laughs> shit about a cohesive plot and making sure it makes sense. And it also is just a really interesting way to like add Bella into the mix and I love bella so like i think it's just a really good introductory episode for her um and yeah i just i really enjoyed it it was a really fun time like this is a vibes only sort of you know yeah. placement
0: yeah
1: okay my number two is all how breaks loose i just very much enjoy how that all came together and you're a
2: sam stan so
0: yeah i'm a sam stan so it's
1: not surprised that i was really into that <laughs> you know special children sam heavy plot line that I'm was like I so
0: I love it when he dies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it when, when he's we get a bunch fully of, traumatized. When we get a I, bunch I like it dies and, and before he dies, you know, he's been traumatized and he's had this big reveal about his past and <laughs> uh, made to fight to the death sometimes <laughs> betrayed by some friends, you know, all the things. It's also the first time you we just Sam, realized
4: right,
2: JJ? how stabbable he is exactly. <laughs> yeah, very stabble.
4: So stabble. <laughs>
2: Beth, what was your
4: number two? Uh, my number two pick is On the Head of a Pin," episode 16 of season four. I think that it's a beautifully shot episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I like seeing like Cass's struggle with himself of like, he doesn't exactly want to follow Heaven's Orders, but he doesn't want to really follow Uriel either. He's trying to figure it out. Anna swooping in, lovely, love it. No, no. <laughs> I agree. I think
0: the cinematography of that episode is just, the opening where you've got like the angel and i think the mm-hmm. white dress and she's on the ground and like there's all the car sirens going it's just chef's kiss i yeah. love it
4: mm-hmm. we have the um really beautiful shot of misha's jawline with the like lamp yeah. above his head oh i love that one <laughs> i wonder who you're a stand for <laughs> it's it's no one can tell like very... beth
2: loves who <laughs> My number two is, and my number two and my number one, I have a really hard time picking which placement for these two. Uh, my number two is the monster at the end of this book. It Same. One of the episodes I go back to like the most when I just want to watch an episode. It's so meta. It's so metatextual. I'm so glad Jamie knows about Chuck because otherwise I wouldn't be able to say most of the reasons why this is my mm. favorite. Because of the implications of the implications mm. of this episode just drive me batshit crazy. Even um, just
3: the name. It's like- the name, oh, that's It's the also. supernatural yep. dodgeball
1: meme. Like, they're <laughs> just, just predicting shit before they plan it out. Like, yeah. that's like, why I'm here. Like, that is the reason I have a supernatural podcast is because of the naming of the monster at the end of this book. Well, like, that children's book is one I grew up with. Mm-hmm.
2: I, like, have basically had it memorized. It was, like, an episode that, like, from the very first time I've watched it, I have loved it. Also, it's, like, one of the episodes that every time I watch it, I get more, I get more feral about it. Like, I just, I notice different details, and I have so many different things I think about, and, like, when you think about the whole span of all 15 seasons of the show, the more I, like, analyze Supernatural, the more this episode gives me, and it's fun, and it's funny, and it's, like, the concept of, like, the books existing within the Supernatural universe, again, a big fan fiction, like, lots of fan fiction playground spaces there. I have no like criticisms of it as an episode and I just really, really love it.
0: So it's also my number two for all of the reasons that you just <laughs> said.
2: But like also specifically, I
0: love when you have an episode that has a really good example of prophecies, but not in the way you're expecting. Yes. I love when they're reading through the book and Sam's like uh, like a flowery bandaid, like where the fuck is that coming from? Or like the Impala's window smashed out. You would never drive like that and then it's like but it's just not in the way you're expecting and like I love like all of these little details that you get like in the when they're reading the book you know they're saying flapping like uh, a crow's wing or something and then when you see the car drive past you hear a fucking crow and you're like oh like it's so so incorporated and I think that it is constructed really well as an episode it is fucking fascinating especially in retrospect especially given the entirety of Supernatural as like a, a series rather than just the first five seasons. And also we have like that very beginning of like the Destiel stuff of, or not even really the Destiel stuff, but just the change in Cass's allegiance. Mm-hmm. And that is yeah. so, so fascinating to me. Like when he, when Dean is praying, you know, and that is a huge thing for Dean and cash shows up, he's like, you know, prayer is a sign of faith, and then they find that loophole, and that is such a important moment for both of those characters, but also the plot, and also Sam as a character, like, there is so much going on to do with his autonomy in this episode, because, like, he is choosing to bait Lilith, and, like, even against Dean's wishes, and it's, like, a whole thing going on, and I, yeah, it's just such a, a good episode, I think, both as, like, a fan, but also, like, general audience. There's a Venn diagram overlap there of like people who could enjoy this episode a lot. Yeah.
2: I also want to point out a lot of the ones we've come up with on this list so far have been by people that wrote just a ton. And mm-hmm. this episode isn't that and I also yeah, think that's really like, fascinating. Sage. Julie Sage. Uh, and her episodes I mean? are whack. <laughs> and her episodes are like it's just a, a wild swing like mm-hmm. that this episode works as well as it does whatever you say like, about her she's always trying to do something <laughs> yeah and this one she like fucking nails it mm-hmm. yeah and i'm so glad this one exists this is one Me i too. also like will show people to show them what supernatural can be yeah because it's so so effective at that
3: mm-hmm. okay well we're now up to number one spot before we do that though i do want to put out my honorable mentions before I reveal number one these are just the ones that i thought of that i wanted to put on my list but there was only five spots. So a lot of them we've actually already talked about, but I do just want to mention that they were very close. So Playthings, Dark Side of the Moon, Free to Be You and Me, The Monster at the End of this Book, Hollywood Babylon, Hell House, and Mystery Spot were like kind of like my B tier. They didn't quite make the list, but I did consider putting them on the list for a long time. So my number one pick for Best Supernatural Episode in the First eye of Seasons is It's a Terrible Life. It is the introduction of Zaki Boy, who I adore. I think the lighting and direction and the fact that you have that very visible like shift in saturation to show the artifice of it all. I love the fact that it's actually like an incredibly interesting character study. And, you know, like Zach's pulling this conclusion and trying to say like, our oh, Dean really wants to be in this life because no matter what, You always were drawn back to this. And like, that is just patently untrue. But like, he's really trying to like put that narrative onto Dean. But Dean does ultimately still see the falsehood in it and does reject it. And then we also have this is really the start of like the heaven is office corporate culture bit, which I really adore. And I also just think it's fucking hilarious that they put Jensen Ackles in a Ken
0: costume
2: it doesn't miss that episode it's just it's endlessly enjoyable KJ, did you want to do
0: maybe your special mentions as well and then i think that's maybe a good place to put them
1: my (laughs) narrowly uh runner up episodes are swan song mystery spot faith and dark side of the moon i feel like it's they're all good. People, I feel like that's not a hot take. None of those no. are hot
3: take. <laughs> <laughs> and also most of them we've already discussed because they've landed yeah. on somebody
1: else's list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> My number one pick is Lazarus Rising. There's nothing wrong with that episode. It's great. It looks beautiful. It's Cass. It's Dean. <laughs> it also is like a really nice
3: mark of the shift in the show. Like, as the show starts to realize what it could be, when it sort of detaches itself from what it thought it was.
1: Yeah, it's, like, the first, like, real episode where, like, Sam's literally sneaking around with Ruby and, like, behind Dean's back. Like, that is, that's in motion. It, like, sets up the whole season four very, very, like, really nicely. Not a hot take. Not a hot take. But a good take.
4: Yeah, my honorable mentions, some of the ones that you guys have said, (laughs) Monster at the end of this book, It's a Terrible Life. Dark Side of the Moon, Faith, and then also The Rapture. But my number one was Free to Be You and Me, which we have mm-hmm. talked about ad nauseum. So yeah, <laughs> no further notes. <laughs> uh, the Dusty L of it all. I love them so much. It's my number one. I, it just is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my honorable mentions. Uh, I think almost all of them have been covered. Mystery Spot, Lazarus Rising, What Isn't What Should Never Be, and Croatoan are two that I don't think anyone else has mentioned that I have a really soft spot for. I think both of them are really great storytelling and lore. I think I just forgot season two existed to be honest. Yeah, and I really love those two. They're two of my favorites in season two. Uh, That's why they're in my animal mentions. But my number one is Faith. It is the most important episode to me personally as a human being. I think it's a perfect episode. And it's the reason that I was like, I mean, I was already like invested in the show. But I was like, oh, there's something about this dean that's going to fundamentally alter me as a person. And it was Faith that like, did that as I think my own personal background with Faith is like, like with Faith as a concept, really <laughs> plays into why this episode works so well for me. Visually, it's stunning. Thematically, it ties together so many themes from the entire show. The, the queerness of it, the heart as a queer metaphor, like there's so many things that are set up in that episode. And it's like, just a fucking gorgeous episode. And I really, really love it.
0: It's another one of those ones that kind of like ages like wine. You come back to it and it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like they were yeah. really onto something here.
2: Yeah, yeah, they really, really were. So
0: I have quite a list of honorable mentions and it's only gotten <laughs> longer as y'all have been talking and I've been thinking and remembering about other episodes through the season. So I'm going to do a very quick run through. <laughs>
2: Speedrunner. <laughs> so
0: in no particular order. My honorable mentions go to Point of No Return, Bad Day at Black Rock, Simon Says, Changing Channels, My Bloody Valentine, Abandon All Hope, The End, The Rapture, I Know What You Did Last Summer and Heaven and Hell as a combined, Uh, Mystery Spot, What Is and What Should Never Be, Something Wicked, Hell House, Faith, Lucifer Rising, Lazarus Rising, On the Head of a Pin, In the Beginning, The Devil You Know, In My Time of Dying, and Houses of the Holy that's
2: I so think many of those were also on my like other list and I just yep. I was like I'm not gonna read 20 episode late names <laughs> yeah,
1: so I'm, I'm glad you did because those were all on mine as well I'd like to add "Abandon All Hope to my to yes. my honorable
2: mentions and in the, be- in the beginning as well like I was like yeah and Heaven and Hell
0: yeah yeah all of those aside my number one is Dark Side of the Moon and <laughs> I Didn't really struggle with this decision because of all of the episodes that I adore about the show, and there are a lot, (laughs) this one is the one that when I watch it, I have a visceral physical reaction every time. Every time I watch that fireworks scene, I want to sob. Every time we get those conversations when Sam and Dean are talking about Flagstaff, we get Ash and Pamela and Zachariah and like, I just personally like something about this episode just changed my brain chemistry I don't think it's a perfect episode I think that arguably there were episodes that I could maybe say were more flawless or like were made better overall on the list that I gave but it's just the fact that I have such an emotional reaction to it every single time no other episode in Kripke quite affects me the way that Dark Side of the Moon does
2: these are, your reasons are very similar to my reasons for having faith. It's just something about it. Mm-hmm.
0: That one feeds the brain worms in a way no other does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Franken-list time.
3: So this one's probably going to be a little bit harder, but I have started to put in some sort of like vague structure um, so we can sort of debate just like a handful of episodes per position. So I think for our number one pick, we have to choose from like it's a terrible life Dark Side of the Moon, Monster at the End of this book, or Free to Be, You and Me. Those were the four episodes that, like, everyone seemed to have them either in their top five or they were an honorable mention. Like, everyone seemed to be on the same page about those four episodes as some of the best in the season. So, I think, like, number one and two probably have to come from them.
2: I would be very happy with any of those being a number one or two. I, well, actually, no, almost any of those being a number, number one or two. So,
0: what one do you disagree with?
2: It's a terrible life. Okay. I just wouldn't put it that high. Yeah, um,
0: I agree. I love It's a Terrible Life. I love I it as well. I don't think it takes yeah. either of those, like any of those mm-hmm. other ones. Okay. Although, to be fair, I did put it above Free to Be You and Me on my list. So maybe I'm a liar. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, that's okay. We can move that oh, one we're down not so we... to of be in the race for like three and four. That's okay. I think I would,
2: that it. feels very fitting
3: yeah. for it. Yeah. Okay, so Dark Side of the Moon, Monster at the End of the Book, Free to Be You and Me. Where are we feeling? Like, what are we feeling for number one? Mm -hmm. i'm feeling like monster at the end of this book seemed to rank highest on everybody's list and like if it wasn't top three for you it was an honorable mention I, yeah, could, I would feel I, good about that. I
1: would feel good about that. I would honestly feel comfy moving it up from, like, I had it at number three. I would I would consider moving it above my number one and number two, like, personally as well. Like It could have landed in my number one, honestly.
2: It was, like, yeah. a close call.
0: <laughs> this was things. kind of, like, the thing I was just saying. I think The Monster at the End of this book is maybe overall a better episode of television than The Dark Side of the Moon, but it doesn't, like, tickle my brain worms the same way. So I think that I am more than happy to put The Monster at the End of this book in the yeah. number one. Especially considering not only the season five total ramifications as Kripke era, but also just the series as a whole. Yeah. I think that that particular episode is somehow foundational in a way that Julie Siege could not possibly have comprehended.
2: <laughs> it, it ages <laughs> like, so well. And so arguably,
0: that episode dictated the rest of the series, because if we had not had Chuck and that concept introduced, none of the rest of the show would have happened the way that it did. Right.
3: Okay, perfect. Monster at the end of this book, number one. I think number two is still between Free to Be You and Me and Dark Side of the Moon. Seems to be the sort of vibe. I think, honestly, Free, free to be, be You and Me, me. comes be in at feels, number two. Personally, that's very... what I'm feeling based on the conversation, but I just wanted to get something. I feel
2: that too. Yep, perfect. That's cool.
3: yeah. Put that in at number two. Okay, perfect. Now, I'm going to introduce in some new candidates
0: for number three this is like you know on tumblr at the moment with like polls people doing like bracket yeah brackets, Yeah. like yeah. this, like, this is the real like
2: life bra- version of that i,
0: I, I love it, this so I'm much i'm just trying to
3: make it less overwhelming it's like yeah. if we've got a like choice of four episodes to pick these two spots that's a lot easier than being like okay so what do we think
2: you know what jamie you're doing the lord's work right now um, mm-hmm. by setting this up for us mm-hmm. thank you TV. jamie is the real mvp
3: okay so we've got Another four contenders that I think need to be in three and four. So we've got Dark Side of the Moon, obviously, rolling over from our top position showdown. We've got Ghost Faces, The End, and It's a Terrible Life. They're sort of the four that I'm
0: feeling are kind of like midpoint. For me, I think it's between Dark Side of the Moon and The End.
2: Mm-hmm. I feel- mm-hmm. That's Although, like, also that's, what I bet. <laughs> Those of you that I put same. those two in the first category and then the next two in the next, like, yeah, I'd put the next two yeah. just below. Does
0: anyone have an opinion of one over the other? I want to put Dark Side
3: first. I feel um, like that might
2: average out the opinions better. Yeah. Just I think
3: as fascinating as the end is, I think the implications are actually less interesting than Dark Side of the Moon. And Dark Side I, of the Moon is financial yeah. to
2: character stuff in a way mm, yeah. Yeah. in like a really foundational rest of the show sort of way.
0: And also Dark Side of the Moon is just really good. John Winchester hate fodder,
2: mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. And like, no, that's a good that
0: mention, but like, it, that episode makes me hate him even more than I thought possible.
3: So, okay. true. so, are we putting the end number four then, or do we think someone, something else comes in?
1: I think the end should be number yeah, four. Still, I'm um, happy with yeah. that. I think, yeah. yeah,
3: I'm good with that. Okay. So now we're going on to four and five. I feel like the rollovers are clearly Ghost Faces, It's a Terrible Life. They featured in pretty well everyone's either top five or very close to it. So mm-hmm. I feel like, It's weird to not have them in the upper half of this list.
0: The Ghost Faces effect Mm -hmm. is too important to have it not feature somewhere.
3: But then the two other ones that I did see pop up in the honorable mentions and the bottom sort of half of the list were Dream a Little Dream of Me and Point of No Return. They seem to be the other two that sort of popped up. So what are we Um, thinking? Because personally, I think It's a Terrible Life, number five, Ghost Faces, number six. But that's just my personal
0: opinion.
2: I would personally agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think, honestly, I'm happy with either of those interchangeably. So I'm yeah. happy to go with the collective if everyone else agrees. I just so think
2: you- It's a Terrible
3: Life is more important in terms of setting up what yes. the angels are doing, which is more immediately important. But the Ghost Faces effect is something that is massively important moving. Like meta textually, meta textually moving forward. Lovely. So the next four candidates for the next two spots are Dream a Little Dream of Me, Point of No Return, Lucifer Rising, slash When the Levy Breaks. We're counting them as one. And
0: then All Hell Breaks Loose, part one and two. For me, I think it's between Dream A Little Dream of Me and Point of No Return, personally.
2: I feel like All Hell Breaks Loose made it on a few lists. I feel like All Hell Breaks Personally, I think. What I would
3: do is number seven, dream a little dream of me. Number eight, point of no return. And then number nine, do all hell breaks loose part one and two.
0: I think just based on the fact that all hell breaks loose appeared on so many people's lists, it probably needs to go higher. Mm -hmm. Like it's not what I personally would do, but I think that based on the collective, I think maybe put that above dream a little dream of me because I think that only made my list.
2: So of yeah, like Dream of Me is lower for me because it, of that it's really only yeah. that one scene and it just, yeah
0: exactly yeah it just
2: okay my...
0: so we're
3: thinking All Hell Breaks Loose part one and two for number seven I think mm-hmm. so like do we do Dream of Dream of Me and then Point of No Return or Point of No Return and I then feel dream
0: like
2: average just
0: point of no return hit point of no return yeah also i always forget how good point of no return
1: is like every time i watch it i'm like fuck this is a good episode like, <laughs>
2: what is
1: it? Like, like, What's your favorite episode? it's the 100th <laughs> episode so you we expect it to be good like they've had 99 other chances to be good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you requested it i was like i don't remember what happens in that episode it can't be super plot heavy so it's probably fine to have a guest and then I watched it, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is such an important <laughs> episode." <laughs> and like, I was glad to have you there, but I was like, "Damn, I'm actually, I'm glad that favorite I didn't remember what it was that because I probably would have said it's too much for a guest." But I'm very glad that yeah. you were there.
2: <laughs> the <It's Elena's> land <laughs> my favorite. Same for a "Free
0: to Be You and Me." I always forget how actually like plot important that episode is. I'm always like, "Oh yeah, it's just like one of the gay
1: ones." It's the
4: thing. It's <laughs> the one
1: with the, the bone joke. That's the nothing else happens. Yeah, exactly. Because
2: yeah, we've mostly collectively lost our minds about that part of it not other parts that are also
3: important (laughs) okay and now my short list for number 10 we've only got to pick one of these is lucifer rising slash when the levy breaks that two-parter on the head of a pin lazarus rising changing channels and faith they seem to be like (laughs) (laughs) they're the other ones that i saw appear not so much on anybody's list but a lot of like honorable mentions oh okay
1: that's a tough pick (laughs) that is really tough
0: because they're also very iconic within Mm -hmm. fandom but all for very different reasons so
3: it's hard to compare them Yeah. yeah personally I think my opinion doesn't actually line up with my list but I think when I'm like thinking about the discussion we had I think we have to give it to Lazarus Rising simply because that is the setup of the next two seasons, and and arguably the
0: rest of the show, arguably
3: the rest of the yeah. show. So, if we're looking at yeah. like overall importance, like I don't think it's a yes. better episode than Changing <laughs> Channels. Personally, I prefer Changing Channels, but that's sort of what I'm feeling. But then again, like all of the others are also foundational, massive changing episodes. I think Faith also is a one that's really like also a strong contender. I think for me, it's probably between Faith and Lazarus
0: Rising. I think I agree because the reasons that I love On the Head of a Pin and like mm-hmm. Loose for Rising and when, when the, the levy Breaks yeah. is for very specific production reasons. Like the episodes themselves are incredible, personally, I think, anyway. But I think that the reason why they are set so far apart for me is the production value. I think it is mm-hmm. the direction and the lighting and the set dressing and like those things yeah. that put mm-hmm. them in a different category for me. But yeah, if we're talking about the overall narrative of the show, it kind of is similar to The Monster at the End of this book. Lazarus Rising is so pivotal and also Faith is so foundational in a way that they didn't even realize it was going to
2: be. My one argument for Faith is that we have really well represented other seasons of the show. From a purely, like, I want it to be Faith. But also, (laughs) like, I'm going to acknowledge I have some bias here. Uh, It was number one on my list. But Mm. I think also, like, I think it's an interesting one to place on a top ten list because it's the only one from season one. I think it's the only episode we even discussed from season one
0: yeah and you know what in saying that not even just in this discussion we've had today but also Layla ranked so high in our like top five female characters list like the impact of this episode is so long lasting and overarching especially considering it is a season one episode and the first like it's like the midway point of season one as well like it's not late in season one either
1: no it's it's early but I and like just even thinking about like episodes from season one that are like good for me that like i would rank higher it, out of the overall list of supernatural episodes like maybe home maybe but like the it's not anywhere close. close nothing it's, in season like, one
3: is yeah. doing it like faith is doing it No, exactly
4: also, that's true
1: like looking yeah. at
3: a
0: sarah gamble long con perspective yeah like, <laughs> i just really think <laughs> i i do you know what? I think that, in my opinion, I think faith has to make. As yeah. much as yeah. I love those other episodes, I really. Do I think, think so too. To mm-hmm. I do yeah, think. I so. Agree. Yeah.
4: Okay. You win, August. You win. August
0: <laughs> <I'm happy about laughs> doing <laughs> great in these oh, episodes. I
2: <laughs> All I wanted, I know, I'm trying great. I only wanted was for Faith to make it into the top ten, so I'm and you, so happy right now. could okay. <laughs> can happens. we go through and also work
3: out like percentages of writers on this list? Oh yes, Ooh, yes, because yeah, I, yeah, I have yeah, the percentages
2: yeah. of I have the writers written down for okay, all of perfect. the episodes. So number episodes, ten is Faith.
3: So that's Sarah Gamble. First strike for the Sarah Gamble long con. Number nine is Dream a Little Dream
2: of Me. It's Catherine Humphries and Sarah Gamble.
3: So we're counting that as Sarah Gamble. <laughs> just because I don't think. Catherine Humphreys features in any of these other episodes. So it's like, no. not really worth it. Really, effectively, it's a gamble episode.
4: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: It's got that
2: certain Sarah Gamble, je
3: ne sais quoi. Yeah. Okay. And then Point of No Return.
2: Point of No Return is a uh, segretia Phil segretia Sorry, that's Carver. Carver. That's Carver okay. Episode. Yeah.
3: Lovely. Okay. And then All Hell Breaks Loose, part one and two. I feel like that's a Kripke episode.
1: Gamble is part one and Kripke is part two. So that's a Gamble yeah. Kripke. Okay.
3: And then Ghost Faces? That was Ben Edlund.
1: Edlund, okay.
3: Perfect. It's a Terrible Life is Gamble. The yep. End? Is that, is that Carver? The End is Edlund. Edlund, okay. Edlund, yeah. I know someone that button, I know. The two of them. <laughs> Dark Side of the Moon is unfortunately Darb and Laughlin. I know that.
2: Like, Freedom W you and scary.
3: me. Is that an Edlund as well? Fre- it's Carver. And then Monster at the End of the Book is Julie Sage coming yeah. in with the steel chair,
4: the one and only episode. That's hilarious, but it's like all these repeating, and then uh-huh. just Julie. And then Julie, Julie Siege
1: yeah. and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, <Some laughs> sure. She has like mm. three or four that she wrote, and she was like a story editor on a couple of seasons, but like, yeah, yeah her shit's weird. <laughs> yeah. So, Gamble is winning. Like, uh, Gamble you is know, Ga- yeah, Gamble's on,
2: like, yeah, Gamble's four episodes of our top ten. Edland comes in with two, Carver comes in with two, mm-hmm. and then everyone else has one. Okay,
3: finalized list. We have Number 10, Faith by Sarah Gamble. We have number nine, Dream a Leader, Dream of Me, also by Sarah Gamble.
2: We have. <laughs> and number Catherine eight. Humphreys, just we want to credit where credit's due. She
3: yeah. is <laughs> on. We have Point of No Return by Jeremy Carver. We have number seven, which is All Hell Breaks Loose, part one and part two. That one is Gamble for part one, Kripke for part two. And then we have Ghost Faces, which is a Bed Edland episode. We have It's a Terrible Life at Number 5, which is also a Gamble episode. We have Number 4, which is The End by Bed Edland. Then we have Number 3, which is Dark Side of the Moon by Darwin Laughlin. And then we've got Number 2, Free to Be You and Me, which is by Jeremy Carver. And then we have Number 1, Monster <laughs> at the Sender's Book, with Julie Sage coming in with the still chair, somehow writing the best episode of the first five seasons. Despite
2: the fact the rest of her like episode list is weird as fucking shit, do you know what is really? (laughs) Which I am going, I am going to like just in case people are not familiar. I do want to like read what other episodes she's written in season Mm -hmm. four. She wrote "It's the Great Pumpkin, Sam Winchester," which Mm -hmm. is also a great episode. episode, Yeah, yeah. I always Uh,
0: put that on my honorable mentions
2: too. It almost ended up on mine as well. Chris Angel is a douchebag and monster at the end of this book. Mm -hmm. In season five, she wrote "Fallen Idols," "Swap Meat, and Ninety Nine Problems." And then the co-writer on that, which is Nancy um, Weiner, she also wrote on Real Ghostbusters and Song Remains the Same, but she co-wrote those with Kripke and Gamble. Yeah. The
0: Song Remains the Same, actually, is probably another one that I would put in my honorable mentions. So, okay. Yeah. That yeah. was a wild <laughs>
3: <laughs> We did it, guys. We managed to rank the top 10 episodes of the Kripke area.
0: Do we feel proud? Do you feel proud? Yeah. Okay, so that just about does it. That is our top 10 list of best Kripke episodes or Kripke era episodes. Thank you all so much for being here and collaborating with us yet again. For the sake of professionalism, would you all like to go through and tell us where people can find you on your podcasts, but also on the socials?
1: Find Super Opinions anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, and I'm on TikTok at SPN Opinions KJ and on Twitter for now. So, uh, at SPN Opinions Pod, I guess on AO3, at Supernatural Opinions KJ, all spelled out, not the (laughs) SPN. And that's it. That's that's all the places you would ever want to find me.
4: (laughs) If you want to listen to me, uh, Raising Perdition, we're also available wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to find me personally, I'm Beth Loves Cast on all platforms.
2: You can find Saving People Queering Things, which is my Supernatural show. Wherever you get podcasts, pretty easy to find. We have a little ghosty on our logo. And you can find the other podcast that I co host on uh, Find Things Well, which started as an Our Flag Means Death podcast and now is a queer media podcast. Also, wherever you find podcasts. And I am Astral Spock on all platforms. Amazing.
0: And thank you all again very much for joining. Uh, we very much appreciate having all of your opinions because it is so nice to get like <laughs> a broader spectrum of thoughts when we're like trying to do these kinds of lists. <laughs> But anyway, hopefully everyone listening, you've had as much fun listening as we have had recording. And if you wanted to find any of me or uh, Jamie's stuff anywhere, it's all in the links in the description below, as are the podcasts and bits and pieces for everyone else who's here today. And yeah, I think that just about does it. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.